Welcome to episode 458 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto team, welcome along to episode 458 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Top of the morning to you, Bevan. Show number three today. It is. We are, we are banging it out. out, man. Like the New Zealand cricket team in the semi-final of the World Cup. In the semi-final, that's all that matters. <laughs> Who needs... Hey, that's two weeks ago now, John. I know. That's last week's news. Still. This week's news. It was actually that weekend was a really bad weekend for New Zealand sport. It was sport. a shocker. We lost everything, didn't we? The Warriors <laughs> lost. The, the football team lost. And then the uh, we lost the Rugby Sevens final. The Sevens. The rugby teams didn't do very well. Oh, we've been talking it up for the last few weeks, haven't we? We have. Ah, well, we're back. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer is just the two? Just the two. And we've got our patrons. And today, who are we going to mention today, John? Anthony Lucas, ah. Craig McCarthy, and Scott Sheridan. Nice. These guys are just all patrons of the show. Thank you very much, team. Okay, and this week's show... What do we got? We've got some news. There's not going to be much news, let's be honest. No. We, 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 so what's happening is John's currently in Kaiteri. Yes. Lapping it up. Rest, uh, trying to burn off Easter eggs. Today's Tuesday. Do you know what? Here we go. A lot of countries don't get Easter holidays. Why not? They just don't. Not recognised. We get Friday and Monday off. Which is funny, really, because we're not that much of a religious country, are we? No. But then uh, I was coach guy in Canada. He's a Kiwi guy in Canada, and he only gets Friday off. And then it was got another guy in uh, in the states, and I was sort of doing his program, and I said, "Oh yeah, well you can just do that on Friday if you want to." Good so Friday, day no, off. Don't even get Friday or Monday off. I really? They still recognise it as Easter weekend, Easter Sunday, but uh, and I'm sure I'm guaranteeing that the good old chocolate companies do do pretty well with the Easter eggs, but That's they don't get any holidays. What's your favourite Easter egg, John? Well, like <laughs> this weekend because we're doing this beforehand. We there's a there's a, re, a restaurant and chocolate making place in Christchurch called She Chocolate oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they do gluten free and dairy free Easter eggs. Oh, so for, for Thomas and uh, yeah, I don't care about the kids. What's your they, favorite? <laughs> you go there and they do some quality chocolate. Yeah, yeah, quality. I'm in, I'm in, have you had, have you had those um, Pookie Nana marshmallow eggs? I have not. They're pretty good. Mm. I like just good old fashioned chocolate, mm. but Pookie Nana marshmallow eggs. Oh, they're pretty good. Okay, John, this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got statistic. It's still there. Did you, did you get the answer to the I question? Did. I did. Nice work. Yeah. Well done. Uh, we've got a website of the week and we've got an interview. With Yvonne Van Vlerken, brought to you by Extreme Endurance. And she just doubled up two races in one week. She did Ironman Melbourne and had a fantastic Super day there. didn't she? And then she did a Challenge Batons Bay yesterday. Well, no, it was last week. Last yeah. week, sorry, ago. last week, ages ago, ago. and uh, and she smoked that as well. How'd you go? Um, I'm just double checking that, but I'm pretty sure she won, and it was oh. against a good quality field. I'm amazed how strong she stayed for so long. She uses extreme endurance, Bevan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we've got some couple of questions and answers at the end as well. Okay, Jombo. So, first of all, news is going to be very short this week, but we do have one race that's going to be happening this weekend, and it is Challenge Taiwan. It is, and it is the. F- no, it's not Challenge Taiwan. It's Ironman Taiwan. Oh, sorry. Ironman. Yes. We'll get that one, right? It is because it is a new race. That's why you may have well well have been confused. Challenge had a race? They Challenge have a race there, and they have... So Dylan McNeese has won that race uh, twice, maybe, I think it is. Yeah. No, he won it once, and then I don't think he won it the second time. Um, but right, the first year he won one he didn't he? And he absolutely went and crushed it over there. And then this year, the challenge race is just a half, which is also coming up. But then I think they're planning on doing a full later in the year. Okay. But yeah, this was disappointing because challenge if Ironman went and scheduled a race at the same time that Challenge had their race and have probably just crushed it a little bit. Uh-huh. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You know, So all of a sudden, you slap the Ironman tag on it and it looks like they have around about 1,000 entries, which is, uh, I think, by... The standards of races in Asia are pretty reasonable, whereas last year at Challenge, the Challenge full distance race, they only had 301 finishes in the in the full. They also had a half and stuff going on, so they well, would have did, done did okay. Did you see him 
how many overall people were racing in that race? In the challenge? Yeah, can you remember? Or? No, I didn't. I just looked at the full. So they're 300 versus I got 1,000 for Ironman. That is the power of the Ironman brand. It brings in probably a lot more international visitors, whereas maybe with the challenge it was a bit more focused on the, the locals. locals yeah. uh, it's so, so it going to be a small deal. I couldn't find any prize uh pre-race start list in terms of the pros but it's only $25,000 prize money and 2,000 points so I'm picking it'll be a pretty pretty, pretty uh, weak field on the guys side of things, girls and guys professional side of things so that's uh, almost our news, we've got also Hits, <laughs> Hits Napa Valley coming up as well this weekend and that is a wrap, wow. last weekend there weren't any big races last weekend so we're not actually missing out on reporting on any news so just a little bit of a lull as we sort of change between seasons so before the next sort of round of Ironman races come up. Okay. Let's put my water or I put it over there? You put it over there? I've been drinking my water over here, mate. Ah. It's over there. I may have drunk yours as catch, well, but... Don't want to catch your Ebola. Oh, well, Sharon's caring. Yeah. 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 Okay, do I want to put music on or is it too early to put music on? No, we need music. Okay, here's some music. Yeah. Age Gripper of the Week. You know, do you, John, do you, have you got more nose hairs as you get older? I got a lot of hair everywhere. <laughs> but do you sometimes pull a nose hair out? Yeah. That's one of the most painful things in life, isn't it? I think some females might disagree with that. Nah, but it's worse it, than pregnancy. It does, it does hurt. Because, oh man, I've got one coming out right now. I want to pull it. And it's tickling, you know, sometimes it tickles the outside of your nose. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, <laughs> I'm sure listeners are loving hearing this. Yeah. I've got, I've have got the, the G. Have you got one of those? Have you really got one of those? Have you not got one of those? No. Oh, the gold job. How do you, how do you, how do you trim your nose here? A pair of scissors. Oh, get one of those. The gold. <laughs> I never knew that. I, I, I kind of knew there was such a thing, but I never knew there was. Oh, well, in the next break, I'm going to go grab it. I'm not going to use your one, but no, you have to use my one. But it's absolutely gold. You just chuck it up there. You put it up, and you, and, and, and then it's gone. Okay. But I just got it when I got my clippers. My nice. clippers had the. Oh no, I've actually got an individual one. Oh my goodness. Oh, John, I've just changed your life. Okay, age group of the week. Okay, this is which age group of the week was sent through from Paul Williams. Is that smilky, silky smooth? It is. Yes. Honorary age group of the week. Hi, John and Bevan. This is not really triathlon related, but it was a remarkable feat for a triathlete I help out with. Daniel Nash is a 21-year-old tennis coach from Tamsworth, New South Wales in Australia. Tamworth. Tamworth, Okay. What on, Tamworth? Uh, I was going to say one on the cricket team. Uh, that I helped get ready for Ironman Port Macquarie last year for a 12-hour 44 finish. Nice last week. week. Yeah, nice week. Nice. Last weekend, six days after he finished sixth in his age group at the Hell of the West Triathlon, Nashi, that's what you're doing in Australia, you always put an E at the end, eh? Yeah. Old Nashi. Yeah. Old Ridgey. Yeah. Old... Oldie completed a continuous 24-hour tennis match to raise money for the local Ronald McDonald house. He sold off 48 half-hour slots to be played from 11 a.m. on a Friday through to 11 a.m. on Saturday. He hoped to raise $1,500 but ended up raising over $4,500. When I asked him how much harder than Iron Man was, his answer was about... 50 times more difficult, both physically and mentally. I think this has cured him of entering the 100k Anzac run that I have been talking to him, um, trying to talk him out of. Jombo, Nashi is a very community-minded man who is very mature beyond his years. Well done, Nashi. That is pretty... That is uh, th- Those tennis players blow my mind away because you think about like a top tennis match. Mm-hmm. They're, they're four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That's a half Ironman. Mm-hmm. And they're playing speed... Sprints. Just sprints. Sprint. Mm. And skill. Mm. Like we, let's be honest, we just kind of took over. No oh, skill right. in our sport. No, it's not. Think about a bit of technique in the last part of your run, but really, yeah. that's impressive. Well, I'd it love is. to know how his body felt. Oh, your shoulder just must be killing I you. No, man. Yeah. So he's only 21. He's done nine, man. Nice work. 12.44. So we have got, I mean, Paul, there's a nice triathlon slant here. And he had just done um, the Hell of the West, which is uh, it's either half Iron Man or it's very close to half Iron Man, only six days prior. And then goes out and bangs the ball for 24 hours. That's a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to know the post-challenge feeling of his body. Mm. You sh- and also his results. How did he do? Did he just lose every game? Or yeah. did, come on, Nashi, did you win a few? Did you? What was your percentage rate for your results? It's interesting. It's interesting. That, that's why I love having like coast to coasters on the show and and people who've done other sports and then come across to to Ironman to see how how difficult it is. And it's, Ironman's yeah, it's not it's not easy. But he said this was fifty times more difficult. <laughs> 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. Because imagine a ball flying at you. Yeah. You know? And you get that guy who's a bit of a dork and still takes it really competitively when you're near hour 22. Yeah. And you're like, come on, mate, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> you're getting that need. Yeah. Oh, man, this ain't much fun. And good on him. He raised $4,500 for Ronald McDonald House, which I'm not sure if that's a thing that's a, it's a global thing, but we have it in New Zealand as well. And uh, it's, basically like, it's accommodation for families of kids mm, who are very, very sick, sick. And it's very important stuff they do. Okay, guys. Uh, so, Nashy, good old Daniel Nash, you are a. Age group, group of the week. week. Jombo sponsor. Athlinks.com. I'm going to go with my nose thing. Oh my goodness. You, come, you, go, you, go, you talk about Athlinks, I'll come back. Oh. I'm going to go for a pee as well, so it's a win-win. I'm, I'm quite excited about this nosy thing. I am rather a hairy beast, and uh, we'll see if he can cut the mustard. Athlinks.com. Um, we can go on there and basically see all our results. If I just log in there, it basically pulls up every single result that I've got. 48 results covered over... 2,057 miles. As we talked about last week, you can put all your upcoming events in there. So I've got a full season of running races, so I'm going to upload all those. You can put a little um, goal target time in there, who you want to beat, and then you can share it on Facebook so people know what races you've got coming up. Really, really easy to add races in. And then uh, post-race, if it's not an existing race, you can just go in there, chuck in the link for the results, and Athlinks will get that updated. And you can see how your races compare year to year and put a bit more SmackDown talk on people. He's going for a really long wee. Yeah, we're still, we're still waiting for you. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Okay. okay, so people, you're loving this. So what do I, got? I might take a photo. Wait a second, I'll get my phone. So um, here we go, I've got the photo, I've got the camera. I'll, this will be this week's photo on the website. And what it is, let me have a, let me have a look. it's a little device. You stick it up your nose. Don't put it up your nose. That's right. And you put it in and well, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'll do a demonstration. This is absolute gold, John. Anyway, second, I'll take a photo. Here you go, Jumbo. Yeah, ready? And three, two, one. Beautiful. That's a good photo as well because Newsom always looks good. You chuck it up your nose like this. Watch this. And then you go... <laughs> this is a loving hearing. <laughs> and God, did you get it? Did you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you later. Done. <laughs> uh, that is gold, isn't it? Yeah. You have to admit you're getting one, don't you? Yeah. You have to admit you're getting one. You're a hard person to buy. Father's Day present. Exactly. Mm. I'll tell you what, and it's pretty good. Mm. And it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. That's and it doesn't hurt at all. Cool. And okay. it just gets in there, this little little blade in the middle. Is yeah. So I'm just telling you, you learn something every day. Sure, this is loved hearing. So, <laughs> Athlinks.com, you can't put your results of how quickly you can trim your nasal or ear hair. But, oh, that's uh, the thing. You can use it for your ear. And yes. sometimes, John, if you've got those big bushy eyebrows, let's say you've got the monobrow. Yeah. Have you got a monobrow? I've got, I have a lot of blonde hairs coming through. It does blend its head in all through my eyebrows. Solution. Right. No problems, John. Solution. You just pop Belinda a little bit. Because I've had a couple that pop out too far and it fixes it. Tell Belinda next time you see her at the gym. Yeah, I haven't seen Belinda at the gym for a while. Yeah, she's going three or four times a week. I think she just avoids your classes. Obviously. There you go, athletes.com, guys. Get on it, keep all your results in one place and get all your upcoming races in there as well. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, statistic. It's fantastic. Okay, Newsom, you're kind of, you, you've deviated from the question I had last week. What but was I'll give the exact you, question? What was the first time, the time in the first ever triathlon? Oh, how the hell am I going to find that? Mission Bay. Surely they've got, okay, you, you, okay. you, you do your sets, how you deviated. I, I deviated from that and went to the first ITU World Long Distance, no, ITU Triathlon Championships. So the fastest time was Mark Allen. He went one hour, 58 minutes, swam 28 minutes. That sounds like it's a little bit long, 1,500 metres. Biked 57. Sounds like it could have been potentially a tickle short, but then ran 33.07 to take it out from Glenn Cook and Rick Wells. So those guys running 33 minutes flat, about three minutes off the pace of what the guys are currently doing but they didn't have drafting to deal with. So that's what the boys were doing back in 1989. And then on the girls' side of things, um, was we Mission had... Was Bay where they had the first triathlon? Yes. It was Mission yep. Bay, wasn't it? Yeah. And then on the girls' side of things, we had Erin Baker take it out, and she went 2.10. She swam 29, rode 103, and then ran 37.24, beating Jan Ripple and Laura Samuelson and Karen Smyers. So two hours 10, and she ran 37.24, which is reasonably competitive in the current um, era. So you have Gwen Jorgensen, who's probably running 
not sure exactly what she's running, but usually uh, she'd be under 35. She'd be closer to 34. So I guess she's about Erin to be about three minutes off the pace. But Gwen Jorgensen is a couple of minutes in front of the other girls. So I would say in the current era. Erin would probably get spanked in the swim, but she would be as good on the bike and still be very, very competitive on the run with the current era of girls. Okay. Now, I don't know of what I'm coming up. I, I wasn't listening to anything you said then, mm-hmm. but w- would they would compete today? They'd have to brush up on this swim. Okay. So the first race, it's the fir- uh, first race earlier, I've gone to tri- triathlonhistory.com. Now, it's the one that... Um, Mike Plant, I think, was doing. Also with... Um, Scott Tinley. Yeah. And it's a great website, guys. Like, I know we've got Legends of Triathlon and, and you know, it's a, we're doing good work there as well. But this is this is really cool. They've got lots of kind of old photos and stuff like that. Talking about Mission Bay was 73. Um, and then the first annual Mission Bay Triathlon, a race consisting of a segment of run, bike and swimming. So they, they ran first, bike second, and then swim third. We'll start on the causeway at Fiesta Island, 5.45pm, September 25th. The event consists of six miles of running, um, five miles of bicycle riding. Jesus, there's no advantage in the bike, was there? And they have got times here. Yeah. And then uh, 500 yards of swimming. Approximately two miles of running will be a foot on the grass and sand. Each participant must bring their own bicycle. Awards will be presented to the first five finishers. And then... Uh, this is a whole other segment of the show. You just paid... Statistics are supposed to be just short and concise and one John, stat. We've got, no stat. we've got nothing this week. We have got a bit there, we've but got, we've got, we're, we're, we're limited. Yeah. So, um, so then they've got... But the cool thing is they've even got photos. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Um... And so the results for the first ever triathlon, Phil, Bill Phillips took it out nice. in a time of 54.44, Greg Gillespie in a time of 56.49, and Dave Mitchell took it out third place in 56. So it was actually a pretty close race. Mm-hmm. Now, can I see a girl's name down here? Dale? Dale might be a girl's. No, I don't think so. Um, Ruben could be a girl. Um, um, Armin? Eileen is. Eileen yep. was Come Eileen. on, Eileen. She was in 23rd and 71 minutes. Flo, Flo was probably second, and then Judy, Judy Collins is probably third. No, that's John Collins' wife. We've got three other Collins, Kirsten and Michael, and John were all there. Okay, probably were. Wow, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Hmm? Now, I'm not sure if those are the results are exactly from the first race. It seems strange to me now that we, uh, we thought it was necessary to include a segment about bringing bikes. I think someone must have asked me if they thought, oh, go to this website, guys. It's a really good website. But, um, yeah, so there you go, John. I did your work this week, basically. Nice work. Then went for pizza afterwards. Cool. Yep. And uh, and I could tell that even Barbara had a great time. There was no doubt that we were on to something. Nice. Well, it turns out you were because 30 years later, still going. Pretty strong. Righty-ho. Okay. Jumbo cool. interview. Next oh, up. Oh, do, do, do you want to do a quick sponsor? Uh, well, this interview is brought to you by Extreme Endurance. We'll talk to Yvonne Van Vlerken uh, about that because she has been a long-time Extreme Endurance user and she's just doubled up two races in one week and I'm sure that would have been a big part of her recovery strategy. So interview with Yvonne Van Vlerken is brought to you by Extreme Endurance. Here she comes. Here's Yvonne. This month, this week even, we have Yvonne Van Verken, who Legend. recently took out second place at Ironman Melbourne, and as we're going to find out, backed it up a week later in taking out Challenge Batemans Bay and against a pretty impressive field. So, welcome along, Yvonne. Hey, hi there, morning. <laughs> it seems like you've made um, Australia a bit of your, your second home. We've often seen your results popping up for um, Ironman Western Australia, but have you been based out there all summer this year? Um, no, actually, we went back home after after bus, so we spent some time with my uh, family. Um, but I always like to do my uh, preparations for the new season in Lanzarote in Spain. So we went back there, and uh, we just flew in for Ironman Melbourne, actually. Hmm. And um, are you, you're sticking around for a bit of a holiday now? Uh, yes, this is pretty, pretty cool actually. Um, we trained so hard for this Ironman Melbourne thing and we've been so like head downs um, and just focusing on this race and really training very hard. So we decided to do a little uh, like three-day break and like a little holiday after the race. But then both my partner, Bear Bittner, um, and me were just feeling so great that we uh, decided to do the Challenge Batemans. And uh, now we're on like a little road trip all down the, the East Coast here in uh, in Australia. So it's really, uh, yeah, 
enjoyable. We're having fun. It's good. How, how do you manage your whole year? Because you know, some athletes, you know, say we take Marinda Carfrey for example, she turns up in Kona each year and she's on fire and that's her big peak. Yet elsewhere in the, the year she's um you know, she's beatable elsewhere, but in Kona she's just on a whole nother level. Whereas you seem to be consistent year round. So do you do try training, you know, specific Ironman training year-round, or do you st- structure your season in a, in a different way for particular peaks? You know, this question is really good because this has been on my mind the whole last week as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is very interesting. I was chatting about it with my, with my, uh, with my partner as well, and uh, I seem to just not have those really high peak performance things. I'm just like pretty solid, as you say, all year round. And um, yeah, that's why I, I don't win Kona because <laughs> <laughs> I just love to race. I race a lot. So when you look at my uh, schedule for this year, I think I have 10 half distance races yeah. and four or maybe five fulls. So, you know, that's a lot. And uh, yeah, that's definitely the reason that I'm not the number one Kona because I. I just can't put my head down and just focus on one big race only. I just love racing the whole time. And, um, yeah, so that's the thing. <laughs> do, do you think that maybe you'll regret that? Like, you know, as winning Kona, do you think it's worth maybe having a year where you explore trying an alternative way of doing it? Yes, and that, that's what I was thinking the whole week, and that's the question that I was asking myself as well. It's really interesting that you're coming up with this. So I don't <laughs> question on uh, the answer on that question because I've been struggling with that in my head as well and I I don't think I could I could I I just ah like now after Ironman Melbourne I felt so great and I was jumping up and down to the ceiling and I wasn't allowed to train from series so I'm allowed to swim every single day so definitely did that but uh, the bike is a no-go and the run is a no-go too so um and I just I just need to (laughs) (laughs) And I just felt so good. And then I, it's just stupid to not race when you're in, when you feel you're in great shape and you just love what you're doing and it makes you happy. And so I couldn't just not race for like two, three months and just go all out at one race. It would be clever, probably. I don't know. Maybe I could do the best Ironman I've ever done. But uh, when I keep on doing it like I'm doing now, then we won't find out, find out right? Yeah. <laughs> What's your mindset like in the race? Because, you know, you come from a, a, originally a duathlon background and, you're, you know, you're always going to be a fair distance behind out of the swim. So how do you, and there's probably lots of age groupers who have, not as fast as you, but have a similar experience where their swim is always their, their weakest discipline and they're always chasing. So... What what is what goes through your mind when you get out of the swim and you go, oh, I'm twelve minutes down? Do you even look at it, or how do you go through the race when you're always chasing? Hey, you know, thank God I haven't heard twelve minutes down for very long. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the past, definitely. I've worked so hard on my swim, and actually, um, like. A a year and a half ago, two years ago, before I had the big crash and smashed my collarbone in pieces, I was swimming pretty well, like doing uh, 53 minutes in, in uh, Challenge Rod, then only two and a half minutes down of Caroline Stefan. Mm. So I definitely improved my swim a lot, but you're, you're totally on the ball. I, I will always come out uh, in, in the back and we'll have a gap from at least in an Ironman, like five, six minutes, definitely. So... Um, you know, for me, it's just, um, I love it. It doesn't matter for me. I just, I love just chasing people. Um, so I can do very well without a coach as well. I just need to know um, which position I'm out of the water and then my hunting starts. I'm, I'm a hunter and I just love the feeling of being a hunter. I don't like to be hunt. Mm-hmm. So like how Jody Swallow races, that would be like so different. And so I don't know if I would like that to be hunted the whole time. I'd rather be the hunter myself. So I kind of like really enjoy it and mentally it's it's just so positive and it's so um so exciting to overtake uh the people and just working yourself uh into the top five and yeah it's just like in Kona I will be watching to go to the top 15 and then I'm trying to push myself in the top 10 and yeah it's fun 
It's good. Going into Melbourne, you had a great race in Melbourne, and it, and the good thing it was a stellar field. You know, like it was one of the strongest female fields you see all year. Um, well, how were you feeling leading into the race? Um, yeah, actually, I really didn't. I really didn't do any racing. So we were on the, on Lanzarote, on the Spanish island, and we trained for like um, we did an eight week block, and uh, so that's kind of enough for me to get in really good shape. So we flew over, and then um, we were based in Geelong for. For three weeks, I really like Geelong because um, they have some amazing 50-meter outdoor pools and they're just a, a walk across the street. And it's just a very good place for training. So I had a very nice little, yeah, little last block there. And then I felt very, um, very relaxed, actually, because most of the pressure was on uh, Marinda, of course, and Caroline Stefan, who has won the race two times. So she was definitely... Uh, the contender to watch and then uh, Melissa Housefield got a lot of pressure as well so I was kind of like the underdog a little bit again and um, yeah I always like that I normally race well when uh, not a lot of people watch me so it's good so how are you feeling coming off the bike because you'd got yourself into a really into a good position you know you'd been um, you know five to seven minutes coming out of down coming out of the swim um, and clearly ridden really strong riding a, a four forty four so what what were your sort of expectations when you were heading into the run you know knowing that you know, you've got Mel Halstead around you know not too far away and you've also got Caroline Stephen a little bit up the road what were, what were your thoughts going into the run. Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts, actually. Um, of course, I know that uh, Caroline runs very well uh, on this course. The course suits her. So, um, and Melissa Hauschild, of course, was like a question mark. The same with Annabelle. I didn't know. I knew Annabelle uh, would run very well, especially the first half of the marathon. But for, I think it was a question for everybody what she would do after. And, um, yeah, I had hoped to catch her. And at a certain point, or I, of course, did. And, um, yeah, I knew it was just, it would come all down to, to a really good run. And I was just feeling well. And I was just doing a mental thing that um, I was thinking because we had the headwind the whole marathon. I was thinking, well, okay, Yvonne, you're pretty, pretty small. And Caroline is suffering way more because she's just fighting uh, with the wind and she's catching way more wind than you. So that was kind of like um, a little trick. And further... Yeah, I knew that I would be able to run around a three-hour marathon, so I thought I would be uh, able to stay top five, and maybe when uh, somebody else in the front would be suffering that I could go top three. And yeah, it was just a, a solid run, I think. It wasn't very spectacular, but a solid, I would say. Hmm. Did you? Did you? Uh, that's the thing. We look at the the guys' times, and like Jeff Simons ran two forty four. But you're saying it was a, a reasonable headwind because, as you said, you ran a, a three ten, and we know that you can run quite a bit quicker than that at other courses. So was it that headwind combined with not feeling, you know, amazing that resulted in a time that was you know not closer to three hours? Um, yeah, I had a stop as well uh, because I had some problems with a blister as well. So that took me a little time. But further, I don't know why I ran that slow because the times with the other girls were not that fast either. Mm. Um, I found it interesting that the difference was um, was that big with the guys. Yes, mm. um, I don't know what it was. Maybe um, because girls maybe have a little bit more, uh, uh, a little less muscle strength at the running against the wind. I don't know. Maybe... Uh, you have a better idea about yeah. that. You can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the other question that we also had, there was the first tri- time they trialled the GPS devices. How did you find that? And was it a real annoyance or not? Um, I did. It wasn't annoying on the bike, but it definitely was annoying on the run because I normally don't wear any belts. I don't like belts, so I had an extra uh, number belt around me and the pockets. Um, I actually was very sore afterwards. It was like bruised on my back, yeah. on my bone, my a little from my backbone was sticking out and against it. So yeah, no, I wasn't happy with it. But I do understand that um, that it's good for the sport and it's good for you guys that are watching. So I'm fine with it, but I wasn't very thrilled. Yvonne, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm on your website right now and, and I'm looking just at your history of results. And, you know, really, pretty much from about 2002 onwards, you've just had a, a hugely successful career, um, you know, consistently performing at the highest level. You know, that, that, that's been spanning for such a long time. What, what do you think is some of the keys to your longevity? Um, 
Um, I think it's just the balance in life. Like, uh, Siri always laughs when, like, before a big race, I will do my baths with my essential oils, and I will do, like, facial masks and stuff like that. I really tend to, like, really uh, be nice to myself in daily life and in just after every hard session. And, yeah, I kind of like to spoil myself, so I really train very hard. But uh, at the other side, I really treat myself very good as well. I eat very healthy and um, I normally don't have any injuries. So all of that all together, I think, makes this the thing that I'm very, yeah, constant since 15 years already, actually. Yeah. Mm. Been, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got to talk a little bit about the final part of the, the Melbourne race. Um, maybe just talk us through the, the final few kilometres when you were closing down on Carolyn and, and how that all unfolded. Um, yeah, it's, it sounds a little weak for me, but uh, mentally I was kind of like satisfied with my third position. So I wasn't really pushing at the end anymore and I thought I couldn't catch Caroline because the, I, I was getting splits and it was just the same the whole time, like 140, 130, 120 and then back to 130. So uh, I had kind of like uh, found my pace and I thought to just be third and be, be happy with that. But uh, that's not like how Siri works. So she she was a little nasty. No, not not yeah, naughty is the better word. She told me that the number four was coming in very very fast. And <laughs> a crazy lady, yeah. So and she knew how, how much I wanted to be top three. So she told me that the number four was coming from the back and that I couldn't walk on a eight station anymore and I had to push keep on pushing. So but the number four wasn't coming. I found out later. <laughs> Yeah, she knows me. She's good. She, she really knows me. So that triggered the thing. So my last kilometer was uh, 3 minutes 49. Yep. Wow. So that's pretty good solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so actually, it was just so weird because I didn't see Caroline until up to the last 600 meters before she turned right to go into the, to the finish line. So and then I couldn't believe my eyes because I saw the the pink shirt from the, the the leading bike for the second female and then I saw Caroline I thought no way this can't be and then I thought well you know what why not just try so I yeah I just ran faster and then she didn't react she was not doing that well no oh, um, and uh, how were you post-race? Because, you know, you, you backed up um, and you raced Challenge Bateman's Bay at the weekend. It, it sounds like you're in pretty good shape. Um, yes, actually, I wasn't sick after the Ironman. Normally, I get, like, nauseous and stuff, and I will puke and stuff. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have anything, so I felt good. I was able to eat. And, um, yeah, so that's probably the reason why I covered that fast as well. And um, then, of course, what helped as well was the amazing after party. It was like I never go to the party, but this one was amazing. It was just the best scenery ever and a great location and the food was good. And we were just chatting and having fun. And, um, yeah, everything was just so uncomplicated and just so happy and I was just in a good place and that's probably the reason why I recovered so well. So um, we traveled back to Geelong. It's just an hour easy drive and then we went for a swim the next day and, yeah, we both felt really good. Um, and then the next day I was swimming really well and totally not like uh, off times like I normally have after Ironman. So... Yeah, and then the press release from Cateman's Bay came out. We didn't even know about the race. So then my funny young boyfriend <laughs> ID, hey, you know, I'm going to look on Google Maps. Maybe, oh, Yvonne, this is only like an eight, nine-hour drive. Let's go there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's crazy. He does more stuff like that. It didn't help that I give him uh, Greg Welsh's book because, well, she did stuff like that in the past as well. So that's really and, I mean, it was, as I said earlier, it was a quality field. You beat people who hadn't done Ironman the weekend before, and we're talking Liz Blatchford, Mary Bell, Beth Alice, Kate Bavillacqua, and, uh, and a few others thrown in there. So that was a high-quality field. Was it a sprint finish? Uh, yes, it was again. I love that. <laughs> and and how did, when, when did you break um, Liz Blatchford? Was it literally the last 100 metres, or did, was it uh, in the last kilometre? I started the sprint that, um, not, no, it was not only 200 meters before the finish line, yeah. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Yeah, we were just running the whole marathon side by side, so doing very well. The pace was pretty good, and I just felt very good. And I thought, you know, Yvonne, you have so much experience. Why just not sit here and just um, just um, put all your uh, cards on your joker? And my sprint is always good for a, for a win, so that's what I did. It was hard because a lot of times I wanted to, like, overtake her and just go off and run faster, but, I, uh, yeah... I kept my patience and it worked out fine. Um, and so you, you said you've got the rest of your year mapped out. Um, maybe tell us what you've got in store. Uh, yeah, a lot of racing, definitely. So, um, But the first race, the European season starts uh, like in May. And I decided that my first race will be one of my favorite races. It will be the Ironman 70.3 in St. Pölten. Maybe you remember the sprint finish with Erika Xomar there. Mm. That was mm. yeah. Very exciting one. So that's a race that I always do. It's of course it's in Austria, and I I've been living in Austria since eight years, and uh, a lot of my uh, sponsors are based there. So for them, it's very nice when I can race there, and it's just one of the best seventy point three races there is. It's just you swim in two beautiful lakes, and uh, the bike course is amazing, and it's just an awesome event. So that's that will be my first race, and um, that was actually the reason because it's the end of May. It was so far away that I. Um, convinced Siri that I could do this half, then it wouldn't interfere with the rest of my season. So, yeah, that's the first race. And, um, yeah, then there's uh, some more half-distance race before um, my big race of the summer, but I'm not going to tell you yet which one that is. (laughs) No inside goss. (laughs) Maybe we can come back to that a little in a later stadium. I would love to chat with you guys about that one. Um, yeah, and then there's a. I will see another Ironman before I head to Kona, and um, yeah, I would like to just do the same as the other years and just do my races that I want to do, and then just go to Kona and with no pressure and just go and have fun and just try the best I can, and that will def- probably not get me the number one spot as you just mentioned before. <laughs> That's just how I am. I just want to do my races, and I just love racing all over the place and. Yeah, I, I, you just can't tie me to <laughs> to just only training. I'm just a, a racing animal, so. Yvonne, yeah. you know, like, you, you seem to be a person, like, you're such a bubbly spirit, uh, and you've got such, like, a lovely energy in the, in, in the way you express that. You seem to be a person who, it seems like you, you need to make sure the whole person is good for you to be a good athlete. Is, is that something you really put a lot of thought into? Um, yes, definitely. When I'm in a good place, then I'm a good racer. And I'm a person that's always very, very positive. I like you say bubbly. I like that word kind of. Yeah, yeah, it suits me, I think. Um, um, for me, there's a lot of things that are very important for me to perform well. So like that I have my little, that the accommodation is good, that I have my bob, that I can do my little rituals and stuff, and that I'm just in a good place and feel really well. Those things are really important for me. And it's probably also a reason, because they asked me at Challenge Bateman, what's the reason is that I always race so well in those races. Mm. Um, the Challenge races are a little, yeah, there's a little less pressure, and it's just a little bit more um, family-like. And that's probably the reason why I always do so well there. Because, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely very important for me. And my boyfriend is the other way around. He doesn't care at all. He can sleep under a bridge. That's what he always say. say. So, And then race well. But for me, those little things are really important. So I'm always over-organized. I organize everything until the little detail that I know that everything is perfect before a big race. And maybe just tell us a little bit about your boyfriend because um, we had Jeff Simons on the show last week and he was talking about um, Pierre and uh, how he was laying the smack down on the bike at uh, Challenge Melbourne and, and really helped drag um, Jeff up to the, the front group. So um, tell us a little bit about Pierre um, Bittman because we know very little about him. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Paris, he just turned 30, so he's pretty young. And I think he's having a lot of advantage from all the experience that I have because, of course, I share everything with him. And um, it's 
actually interesting as well because he's been racing short distance stuff many many years so he has done very well in a lot in a couple of races and he's been doing triathlon since he's seven years old so uh, he's like <laughs> he doesn't nice. even know what to do else to swim bike and run and strength was the swim and the run he has been a really good runner so he uh, got himself a third spot at Ironman Zurich two years ago with the fastest marathon he outran Ivan Rana nice. so he was fast he had the fastest marathon of the day with 3,000 athletes and yeah he has had uh, several really good spots but he's like a little um because there's so much good german guys he's not really getting the attention that i think he should be getting mm. but um yeah he's been working very hard on his bike of course uh, together with me i told him everything i know how to uh, become a better biker and he moved to austria for me he used to live in in leipzig in germany so that's flat and windy, no no mountains at all. So he has really uh, improved his biking skills a lot, and it's just so fun to to watch him and see him and how he's growing. So I'm expecting a lot from my boy in the future. So um, I have it all covered, you know. I have a, a couple of really good years left, and then he takes over, and I can do his management and all the stuff around. So I'm covered. I'm good. <laughs> nice. And um, you're still using extreme endurance to help your Hello? recovery? Can you hear us? <laughs> I'm still there. Yeah, yep. can you hear us? Hello? Uh, definitely. Yeah, I've been using it. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Cool, we're good. We're good. Um, and you've, you're still using extreme endurance, which no doubt helped your recovery between, uh, between Melbourne and into Batemans Bay. Yes, definitely. I've been using it since seven years, so that's a pretty long time. And what I tell people is like they expect that they, when they take their, those supplements that it will like work overnight, but that's not how it works. Uh, it's not a magical tool or a magical uh, food that you take. It's it's a supplement that works, definitely works. And I'm very uh, critical about stuff like that, so I don't take uh, other stuff. Uh, but this one definitely works. But it doesn't. Don't expect any uh, major jumps over overnight. You just have to take it every day, daily. Really uh, be consequent about it. And uh, it just yeah, it needs a couple of weeks to set in. And uh, yeah, this, uh, those are the little things that help you to uh, to to become a better athlete as well and to stay on the level where you are. I think every little bit helps. So definitely, action endurance is part of that as well. Nice. And um, you've got plenty of wildlife there in Australia. It sounds like a dog just walked in the room. We've had, we've had the, squeaky, the squeaky parrot in the background as well. Uh, yes, and you know what? <laughs> I had the day in my life yesterday. Um, Pear promised me that when I would go on the stage that we would go and hug with koalas and wombats. So he had to stick to his promise. So we had the most amazing day in the whole little zoo. There was nobody else. So I got special treatment and I could hug with the koalas and with the wombats. And oh, I got the most amazing pictures. And I was, I like, felt, totally fell in love. And I don't want to leave Australia again. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wombat was just so cute. It was just, oh, I was almost crying. It was just stole my heart. So, mm, yeah, cool. we promised the lady we will come back next year. So, I will have to do the race again next year, definitely. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we will actually be back in Australia at the end of the year because we have a little Aussie block planned. And, um, yeah, we were looking at maybe doing some a race in uh, New Zealand as well because I've never been there. So I will have to uh, write you guys to help me out with that. We'll, we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. I've got a, okay. I've got a sprint triathlon I organise in Christchurch on November yeah. <laughs> November the 29th. You can come down and uh, and you'll be the star attraction. So uh, we, we love always love having you on the show. You've got great energy and we, we love the way that you race hardcore and, uh, and often come down to those sprint finishes and usually come out on top. So we love the way you race. So nice work in the last two weeks and enjoy a nice little break. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was good chatting to you guys. Thank yeah. you very much. No worries. We'll see you later on. Oh, one, 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 one more question. One final thing. If people want to follow you, what's the, the best way for them to do that? Is it Twitter, Facebook? What's, your, um, what's the best uh, way for people to get in touch? I'm the best on the Facebook. I'm not so good on Twitter. I do post something on Twitter once a day normally, but I'm really totally into Facebook. So my website is a little bit... Um, 
has died a little bit. It got crashed a couple of times. So the best way is to watch on uh, on Facebook. I have two, and uh, one of them is uh, under my normal name, Yvonne Van Vlerken. Um, and I write on that one on uh, on English. So that's that's totally in English. The other one is in Dutch and German, and yeah, a little bit of everything. So. Nice. You're a woman of many talents. Yeah, awesome. Okay, now we look forward to seeing the rest of your season and we will catch you in Kona um, next year. We're not going to be this year, but we will no doubt see you over there next year. So uh, have a great rest of your season. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. See you, We haven't actually recorded this interview yet, so we're sure it's brilliant. Uh, but John? Yes, if you want to get your own extreme endurance, uh, remember promo code IMTALK10 and that will give you a 10% discount off for the next little period, but it will be running out, so get onto it, team, and uh, be like Yvonne, double up races, just generally train like and race like a legend, and uh, for a small fee you can do that, so check it out, xendurance.com or .co.uk or .eu for you European guys, and the promo code should be good for those sites as well. Okay, Yvonne Van Vlerken, thank you very much for coming on the show. This uh, website of the week, John, let's do it. Three, two, one. Website of the week. Oh, Jeff the, the Explosion Curry, it's another great nickname. Um, I've got a question for the show, or perhaps Facebook, or maybe even for one of the Thorsten the Geek. I've never actually tried to qualify, I'm never likely to qualify for Kona, partly because I'm slow and partly because I'm in forced retirement from Ironman by the wife. Good to see you respecting your wife's choices. <laughs> However, a number of my friends and clubmates must be close to getting Kona qualifications, but it's hard to know what those times are likely to be. Of course, you can look back on the times uh, for specific race results, but I wonder if anyone has ever looked at or logged an actual time that qualifies to get you to a roll-down slot to Kona by race. It would be useful for people declining, or sorry, oh, for people declining whether they have to decide it's meant to be deciding deciding whether they have to have Ironman UK or Wales or Ironman Austria or, or Copenhagen for the best chance of getting a slot just thought it might be an interesting debate or something to talk about on the show well this is a website we have discussed before but we thought yeah. it, I thought it would be worthwhile bringing oh, it up Cox. again and go uh, coachcox.co.uk and then what Russell's got on there then you click on the Ironman analysis and he's got a page there where you, it's got Ironman results and statistics maps um, is it that one you click on or is it uh, anyway you got Ironman statistics by race and you can go on there and he's got analysis on a whole bunch of different races and exactly as you're saying he really says each year you know what was the qualifying time how far did it roll down so he really just goes into the stats of it now this is by no means foolproof because you go to races and they, from yeah, year to year they, they can change yeah. quite significantly well Joe got fourth in a half marathon she did a couple of weekends ago she got fourth overall it was a good mm-hmm. day for her and uh, she was like oh you know could have got third but you just don't know. It's just who turns up, yeah. is, you know. And but what Russell's done here is it, it varies from race to race, and he doesn't do this with every race. But he goes through there, goes through the age groups. This is what qualified this year. This is how far it rolled, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a great little tool for getting a feel for. It. And yeah, not foolproof, but it'll give you an idea of historically ballpark what you need to be in um, to be in with a shout, and you'll probably get a fairly good idea if you're way off the mark or not. So um, yeah. Just check it out, and it gives you, you know, <laughs> across the board some some fantastic little stats of, uh, yeah, what you need to do to be in the right ballpark. So yep. Russell, nice work. Go to coachcox.co.uk, and uh, it's got a whole bunch of stats up there. Russell also does some coaching and um, camps and stuff in Lanzarote, so check it out. I'll put a link to his website www.coachcox.co.uk on my on www.imtalk.me this week. And uh, you guys, if you are looking at that slot and you are trying to be a bit more strategic. Again, it's not foolproof, but hey, it's worth a look. Sponsor? Or do you want to do uh, questions and answers? Done, I think we're done with sponsors. We've done Extreme Endurance. Oh, we did too. We've done, done this week. Okay, um, questions and answers. Okay, we've got a question here from Adam. Adam's got weekly increases to work out. I am preparing for a full Ironman and... I am referencing the articles on Ironman 101, a six-month training plan by John Newsom. I I did this article in association with Annette Lee, and I've got to give her some love, but I'm just going to check. I think it is the most popular article ever on Ironman.com still. It is insane. I get quite a few emails, and so I'm not... It's uh, turned out to be a good kind of lead generator for you. It, it? was just... Well, if you look at our website stats, we get lots of hits to this podcast website on on the stats. I'll just go... It did they did it? Most recent news, yeah. So most viewed items. It's still number one. 
Uh, yeah. Ironman 101, a six-month training plan, and it was done in 2013, and uh, it's, it is very much Ironman 101. And I, get, I've, I seem to get quite a few email questions, and clearly, because it's um, yeah. been very, very popular, but I've got to give Annette Lee a bit of love um, for getting that up there as Why'd well. Why'd you do it? Um, they just wanted some articles from Down Under. And um, we kind of did it together, and uh, and they asked for a. I think I think we might have done a follow up seventy point three one, but it's just you know I want to do an Ironman yeah. basic plan, and it's very very simple. But I get quite a few questions about it. So really, the the point of this question was. Um, well, here we go. In, in the four to five months that I've performed, uh, the duration listed for the first week, and then the increased workout segments by ten percent every week, including swim. Entering the three months and looking at month two, the base workouts are pretty substantial, and the increase of ten percent each week. I'll be doing a lot of activity in the dark. I realise nothing is required, and I'm really willing uh, and able to step up. But is that in- is that the intent? So basically, he's asking. How does he manage the stepping up? Yeah, and also I think the main point I want to get across with this is, you know, we often talk about the periodization about stepping up, but um, as I talked about last week, it's really important to make those steps up, but also to have that step down to make mm. sure you got the recovery point. And that was probably the main point for me bringing up this um, this question is got to make sure that you have those easier weeks, other and that's what allows you to take the next few steps up. So yes. As a very broad ballpark, you know, you want to be safe if you increase your, your weekly volume ten percent each week or some some sort of number like that. The main thing is every third or fourth week that you come down. And the reality is, most of us have got lives, and doing that perfect progression each week is is not always going to happen. But uh, yeah, I think the main point I want to make across Bevan's playing with his Sorry. N- <laughs> nose here thing um, is to make sure that you do make that step down every third or fourth week. So if you do have someone who wants a very, very one-page basic outline of getting ready for an Ironman, you can go and check this out. And it's sort of got you know what you should be doing six months out, five months out, four months out, three months out. And it's like, go for a two-hour bike ride. It's not sort of intervals or anything like that. John, the question I have is, is in your kind of article, I know, I know it's 101 and it's mm. called 101, so it's the case. But, you know, you're saying kind of gradually increase by 10% and you, what you're kind of saying now is that every – Kind of probably four weeks. You want to have a week where it's not a gradual week. It's actually mm. maybe a step back week. What what percentage should they be stepping back? Um, I would say, and rather than taking a percentage number, I think the main thing is is that you have some for, for these newbies. Their volume's not going to be great. The main thing I would say is you always want to make sure you have a weekend day off. Okay, and so that might increase your overall percentage quite significantly. If you said right, I'm taking Sunday off, and that's normally three hours of training. If you're only doing ten hours a week, then yeah. it's a pretty significant increase. So I would say the main things you want to do is look at having one weekend day off and making sure you drop at least one session during the week, just so physically and mentally you've got a little bit of chill out time I think that's uh, the more more important thing but um, yeah it's, it's a very basic guide this one that's on ironman.com and apparently it's, it's brilliant apparently it's brilliant people love looking at it and it's just I think that if, if those get, what movies, kind of spiel do you get at the end uh, I think we mentioned the podcast yes we do Former New Zealand international triathlete John Newsom coached in Hong Kong triathlete. before establishing the New Zealand Multisport and Triathlon Centre in Christchurch, working along with Scott Molina, Gordon Byrne, and John Jeez, that, that's a while ago. Download his weekly podcast, iamtalk.me. There you go. Yeah. Get some comments. A few comments. Get any criticism? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. Yeah. Did you see my comment? Yeah. I want to be just like you, it said. That's right. John, but you, for some reason, I don't know if there's been a question around this, but you've put yeah. a lot of research into exercise-associated exercise muscle cramp. No, so this was sent in by Cam Hansen, and I've got to give Cam a little bit of love uh, because uh, he's got his, what's Cam's business name? It's in uh, Mossman in Sydney. Cam's a Kiwi living in Sydney, so we no need to give him too much grief about the, the cricket. No. But, uh, no, without giving us grief because they won. Yeah. Yeah. Cam Hansen, square, square One Physiotherapy. So if you want some help in... Is it Square One Physio? Squareonephysio.com.au. Yes, I'm on a, there right now, Jombo. I've got a Bridgepoint Clinic and a Moss, Mossman Clinic. Um, and Cam, I've been helping Cam out with a little bit of a, a little bit of a plan here and there, and he's been having some some problems with cramp. And so Cam's he, he works a lot with the Australian rugby team. Um, oh, he the, looks pretty serious in his photo. He Cam's he takes his training seriously. He, he, but even his photo, he just looks like a like just a you know just like a serious guy. You know, pa- he's cool, a pa- calm, collective patron of the show as well. Yes, Cam, you're oh, and far out. He's got he's got. Listen to this guy. He's got names after his names that go on forever. 
Yeah. And, Smart uh, man. And he, he's having quite a bit of trouble with cramming. So he's kind of qualified, went to Kona the year before last and went about 9.13, 9.15 in So I think he was ballpark 15th, something, something wow. like that. But having real problems with, with cramp. And uh, he recently did a race um, somewhere in Australia, half, and really struggled on the run. And I sort of looked at his power file and said, well, look, here's, here's the reason why I think he struggled. You know, he I broke the, the race down into three laps. He started off at 290 watts um, for the first lap with a VI score of 1.08, second lap of 282 and with a VI of 1.06, and third lap of 270 with a VI of 1.05. And so he had a 20-watt drop-off between the three laps and I said look mate you should just take it a bit easier at the beginning and uh, and that should hopefully smooth things out um, but back to the reason for this article he's trying to figure out why he's cramping and I said well pacing's one part of it but he he wrote an article for his uh, his local tri club on what the science is actually saying about, about cramping and why it's happening so the first theory put forward for the cause of EAMC so that's exercise associated associated muscle cramps which is what we experience often in Ironman towards the end over the 50 years was based on uh, the first theory is based on dehydration or abnormal serum electrolyte concentrations i.e. decreased sodium potassium magnesium chloride and calcium unfortunately we hung our hat on this theory for a long time but it fails to hold any weight um, when we know that EAMC is localized to skeletal muscles used during exercise i.e. quads calves hamstrings and experimentally induced dehydration caused generalized skeletal muscle cramping. Four prospective cohort studies have shown no relationship between sodium loss and EAMC in marathon runners and triathletes. Mm. This is similar to what we heard from Paul Larson saying we take we pop these all these uh, the sodium and salt pills now there may well be some kind of placebo effect placebo effect because it often works and scientists don't always have the explanations but the the research says that sodium loss it does not result in cramps. The current and most plausible clause for EAMC is the um, altered neuromuscular control theory and the underlying cause is muscle fatigue. Mm. Factors that will contribute to muscle fatigue are exercising at higher than normal intensity for longer duration, um, decreased muscle energy, i.e. carbohydrate depletion, and environmental conditions, unacclimatized to the heat, or inadequate conditioning, not pushing yourself enough in your hard sessions to simulate race conditions mm. and a genetic deep um, predisposition. So what is all this, um, what can we do about, about all this? Acute cramping are relieved by stretching, hence further backing up the GTO theory, which I didn't mention. Um, however, prevention is always better than cure. Avoiding extreme muscle fatigue is key when we go hard to do it in the heat or to race when you're pushing yourself harder than you usually would. Maintaining good energy supply is essential, so having a good understanding of how many grams of carbs you need during the race or the event. The second is essentially train harder or race easier. So that's what I sort of suggested to Cam, and it seemed to work really well. I said, look, you need to control your pacing a little bit better, and hopefully that will avoid those muscle cramps. He did that at the weekend, and he had his best um, half Ironman run that he's done. Um, you also need to make sure you get your nutrition right. If you're not well fueled, not only will you do you risk cramp uh, risk bonking but also there's a link there between cramping as well mm. and then finally this is a real key one you know you've got to do simulate yes. simulate yeah. simulate and if you're going to be pushing hard on half iron man for for you guys that are maybe more towards the front of the pack then you need to make sure that you simulate race pace and just above race pace really regularly so you need to go out and do a 90 kilometer bike ride at half iron man intensity which is which is quite hard to do in training but uh, the more often you do that the less chance you are of cramping so good stuff cam and uh, he smoked it at bateman's bay at the weekend well that is a really important point isn't it because on race day people just often race harder than they've ever trained and mm. you know and it's kind of what science is saying that that's one of the going to be the biggest limiters because once we cramp it's game over for any kind of pb or, or mm. good result you know cramping such a limiter oh yeah and you know and, and actually you know so it, it's not just going hard but it's also having those using those control tools to stay within a range knowing your ranges understanding where your ability is and staying within them. So Totally. Mm, very good stuff, Cam. You're a bloody rock star. I have to say, you've got a lot of people working for you too, man. You've yeah. got a lot of staff. I was checking all the staff photos. Yeah. Oh, he's a busy man. Yeah. Physios. It's different in Australia because of the, the health system, you know. What's different in physio? 
Well, in terms of um, you know, healthcare in Australia, you know, New Zealand and a lot of our countries, we have to pay for it or at least have to pay a surcharge, whereas my understanding is Australia... Oh, there's still no surcharge in Australia, physios. Maybe I'm wrong with that. Because it never used to be in New Zealand, eh? Yeah. I used to live at the physio. Yeah, yeah you got to pay like 50 bucks. Never go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Patrons. Patrons. Jombo, do we have to make one up? You have to do Ken Young. Ken Young. Yeah. So patrons, guys, what's well, a fantastic way for making sure we get to Kona um, every second year, um, just generally supports the show to make sure we can keep putting in uh, time to the show and do lots of good interviews. Also, all patrons go in the draw to go to Kona every, with us every second year as well. Um, you come in at the $5 level, you just get yourself a nickname, come in at 10 bucks, you get one of our awesome swim caps, come in at 20 bucks, you get a swim cap and the beanie. The beanies have just come out, Icebreaker beanie with the I Am Talk it's logo right on the front. I have seen it. Does it look cool? Yeah, they look good. Yeah. yeah. Do we get one? Um, oh, I might be able to spin one, spin one away. And I've got these beanies. They're nice thin ones, so they're good ones for uh, for going under your cap. They're New, New Zealand merino wool, so high quality, and you get yourself one of those some caps as well if you come in at 20 buck a month level. So that's you know, basically a coffee a week for the show. So anyway, you guys can help out. would be fantastic. Here we go. David, the great greyhound Hachian. Nice, nice. Stuart, the compass more. He always just you know, knows where he's going. He's got he's, his compass. He's, he's got, got good his, direction. That's right. This guy's like great direction. Slam and Greg Newbold. Tell that to the ladies. <laughs> he's, a, he's a former um, top basketball player. He's uh, Ironman and his sister. I think he made his sister my age group of the week a while ago. Rob Spine Tingler Green. He's, nice. That's a good one as well. He's got a chiropractic uh, practice in Richmond, Virginia. And if you're in there, make sure you tell Rob to get out there training. He's just had a second baby, and he also sold his house on the same day the baby was due, oh, and really? uh, moving and building a new house. So oh, he, just, just throw yourself in the deep end. I was speaking to a girl at the gym the other day. She's doing it. She's due next month, and they're just building a house. The, the, the due to go into the house like the day before she's due to have a baby. Crazy. Yeah, that's not good planning. Damien, the hundred dollar bill, Bennett. That's a good one. Yes. Okay, I've got, I've got one for, I've got one for good old Ken Young. Yeah, Ken rocking the free world, young. <laughs> nice. I thought you might go down there because who? Uh, Neil Paul, Young. Neil Young. Yeah, I was going to do forever. I was going to call him forever. As in forever young, I wanna be. But then I thought no, Neil Young. And I looked up Neil Young songs on YouTube. They're all listed in front of me. Rocking the free world. Come on. Rocking. Is it? It's not. Rocking in the free world. But okay. I like rocking the free world. We're going rocking the free world. Rocking the free. So Ken rocking the free world, world young. Cool. Oh, so, sensational. Oh, there we go. Yvonne Van Vlerken's just sent me a little text. She's ready to rumble, I think. So. Okay. We'll give her a couple of minutes. We've got to wrap it up here. We said 10, didn't we? We did say 10. Yeah, we've got a few minutes. We'll wrap this up. Yeah. So, guys, once again, patrons and all the patrons who are already a part of the show, we bloody love you guys. You're rock stars. Mm. Okay, Jumbo sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. And of course, our lovely patrons. And you guys are rock stars. Okay, Jumbo, what's your goss? What's my goss? I'm just hanging out in Kaiteri. We've had a four day holiday in Hamner Springs, great part of oh, New so Zealand. You went from Hamner too? You go from Hamner yep. too? Yeah, oh. so a four day family trip there with all my brothers and cousins and sisters. How long are you in Kaiteri for? Uh, we're not really sure. We'll just stay out there for however long we feel like. See you next year. School, school holidays, I can work from up there. So I'll be uh, hanging out there and hopefully get a couple of swims in. Wait, Belinda, is she working? Uh, not really, no. Oh, no, she does a couple of part time. She's part time. She works hard, Blunder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that, is that, was that, I'm not even going to go there. No, don't go there. She's, she's getting, I've got to be nice to her. She's going to get me one of those nose trimmers. Hey, Your life is about to change. Do you get hairy ears as well? Yeah. I don't yeah. really get hairy ears. Yeah. No, I'm not that hairy, but you and I are talking cheese. So we are. Bevan, what's been happening um, with you? What's, what's it, Easter? Mm. We didn't have the Easter egg hunt this year. Why not? Why didn't we have the Easter egg hunt? Because I'm, I'm meant to go to Kaikoura. Mm-hmm. Oh, we might be able to have it on Friday. Meant to go to Kaikoura this weekend. Couldn't get some coaches on Saturday morning. So mm. we can, we're meant to go for two days mm. and we're only going for one day. Oh. I know, so maybe we can do this. Kaikoura's a great spot. Yeah, Beautiful drive up there. It is really, isn't it? Yeah. I haven't really spent much time as in weekends away. You don't you know what I should do there, but it's just a drive up there. It's just well, beautiful they'll, they'll go, We're meant to be going out on a boat and go fishing. Nice. I'm going to miss that. Ah. Oh, my, dad, my dad did that the other day. Did he? Brought home some fish. It was beautiful. Do you like fishing? Mm, gets a bit tiresome. It's but, okay when you're catching things. A bit boring, isn't it? Yeah. But I suppose if you're a man, you've got a few yeah. beers. Yeah. Come on, everyone's, wait, everyone's well, waiting what's, for what's us. What's the thing? Yeah, what's the thing? Okay. Yeah. This is a short show, John. Okay. 
We're only at 30 minutes. That's yeah. normally our new segment. Yeah. Jobo, what was the thing that your dad really wanted? Uh, not that your dad was pushy, but what, like fishing. My dad bought me a fishing rod. Uh, my dad's a big fisher. But did your dad really try to get you into fishing? I was a fourth child. They were just, <laughs> they they were just whatever you want to do, you can do. <laughs> yeah. Were you planned? Because there's a big gap, isn't there? Yeah, about four or five years between me and my sister. You were a mistake. Yeah. yeah I'm okay with that. You weren't planned. Although I wasn't planned. My mum was 18. Yeah. And she already had another one. Uh-huh. You think if you have a kid when you're 16, yeah. you kind of think, let's, let's really work on this protection thing. Yeah. Not my family. No. That's how we roll. And hey, I can't be critical. I had my daughter when I was 19. Mm. It was a little bit older in my family, you know. Just saying. Yeah, just saying. There you go. Looking forward to getting back to the studios uh, next week, and hopefully we'll have a bit more current news to crank through and get some more races rolling. Well, we're getting into the peak season. I knew going to be supposed to, I, I, I lined you up that interview. With, um, yeah, I've got an interview coming up cool. with the guys. Um, Jumbo, are we going to be doing this camp thing? Because I was talking to Hayden. What, what camp thing? Hayden, what was the guy who you coach? Hayden Beta. No, it was a better B. I don't know how you pronounce Hayden's surname. He was fantastic. Hayden's fantastic. He brought me a box of cherries just before Christmas. So that about greasing. Yeah. Bloody Hayden, stop greasing the John one. You bloody hell. Yeah. Hey? Box of cherries. I like some cherries. Oh, quality cherries too. Well, Hayden, you're fantastic. But Hayden um, was saying, are you going to be doing that Iron Man thing you, John suggested on the show, which well, came out of left field to we'll me. We'll be doing something at 10 year anniversary. We've got to do something. So I'm thinking. I like the idea, but I think we should make it open. Oh, yeah. No, we'll do a three day Iron Man. Well, my, my current thoughts is we'll do a three day Iron Man in Christchurch. So we'll go, we'll swim the um, across the um, Littleton. Is that harbour? about 3.8, I've is it? I've got no idea how far it is, but it'll be about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll swim 3.8 across the harbour. We'll need support vehicle for that because it's you just going to be a bit well, careful. Oh, there are big, big ships. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll bike to Akara and back, which is 180 k's. It's a hard 180 k. It is. You've got plenty of flat, but you've got some decent uh, hills as well. That's pretty, pretty full on. <laughs> no, you, you've got... You've got I suppose you went along you the flat. You've got about 50 k's of flat at the start and the beginning, then you got... 80 k's of hills. Yeah. And then we'll um, run a marathon on Sunday out around Boulder Bay. It'll be a fantastic run. I'm going to have to train. Yeah, of course you are. you got a year. Well, I, I'm going to give myself six weeks because I don't want to train. Yeah. I'll give myself six weeks to get ready for this. Yeah. yeah one ride a week can be fine. And no, you just, I need one ride. You just need to be good enough. Well, I'm thinking marathon. if I'm – because my body's good. I'm starting to run again. This strength work is really helping. Mm-hmm. I might do the Queensland Marathon. Mm-hmm. So then I could do the marathon. Now, April was about the time we did the start of the show, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's this time next year. Yep. Now, team, let's make an international event. If you're oh, in yeah. Australia right now, if you're church. in Slovenia, mm. yeah. I once went out for a girl from Slovenia. Yeah. Getting out's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going out was a stretch. It was a very short relationship, if right. you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but still, I had to go out for a girl from Slovenia. Right. Tusa, tisa huta beba. Right. That means you're a hot babe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So if you're listening somewhere in the world, because what we could do is we could make it a three. Go to the casino for dinner. Yeah, Saturday exactly. Night. We can make it, you know, we can have a games night. So swim night's going to, that's an easy day. Yeah. So we can have a games day set swim day. Yeah. Well, that could be Friday afternoon. You fly on Friday afternoon and do the swim late Friday and then maybe have a barbecue somewhere. And put some games on because I love yep. games. I love you can host games. the party here. You've got a pretty big place. Yep, we could host the party here. But it depends on the – is there an entry fee? Um, but the, like, No, because we're going to do entry fee for covering the social costs. Oh, yeah, if you do, yeah. yeah. So it costs you 100 bucks. Yeah. And it gets you dinner on your Saturday night. It gets you the Friday night – Function, yeah. The games night. That's an unconfirmed hundred dollars. We'll just have yeah, to. F- yeah, might be five thousand. We're a bit yeah. like WTC. We are. Yeah. And then, um, and then we'll do the run early Sunday morning. I've got it. Here we go. What? We'll do a lottery to get in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do twelve races. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a lottery. <laughs> got to listen to every single show. Yeah, yeah. We're going to put a clue in every show. We're going to quote episode thirty six. What did yep. we say? What five show was seven. the only show that John did the introduction in? Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. You've only done it once. It was when you and him did the show. Oh, really? Remember you and him did the show once because I, I was away? don't remember that. And you kept on calling, it was when Mully was big. Yeah. Um, okay, so what we'll do is in the next few weeks we'll confirm the date so you guys can plan your years. It's going to be a big event, John. Yeah. I guarantee Mountain Snail is here. Guaranteed. I guarantee yeah. Swanee Noah, you know you're coming. Yeah. You know you're coming. Plan at Christchurch April next year. Oh, it's going to be we'll a- sort out a date. Oh, um, 10 Seven. years, a long time. I am busting. <laughs> okay, where you going? <laughs> and we've got two minutes to talk to Von Van Vleuken. Okay, here we go. Iron Russ. I'm in. Train hard. Train smart. Kick, kick hard. hard.